This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Well, this morning, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, we are traveling back through 2,000 years of history to the empty tomb. The empty tomb is the epicenter of the Christian faith. Everything we hope for, everything we believe, everything we declare hinges on the fact that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is alive. Forgiveness of sin, victory over death, eternal life, new life, resurrection life, all of it hinges on the fact that Jesus is alive. Now, we look back through 2,000 years of history and we celebrate that. And yet John, as he writes in John chapter 20, writes as if he knows that there will be those who are going to be like those who came to the tomb on that first Sunday. You see, we declare Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. But on that first Easter Sunday, those who came to the tomb and and those who contemplated what the empty tomb meant uh, weren't so certain. In fact, the story that John brings and the witnesses to the resurrection that he presents to us are people perhaps not unlike some of you here this morning. In different places in your faith journey, there's a tension between faith and in doubt, certainty and uncertainty, trying to grasp the meaning of what's just happened. Now, if I were going to write a, an account of the resurrection, I'd do it differently than John. I'd want all my witnesses, my expert witnesses, to be certain and sure of what happened. I'd, I'd want them to be steeped in good theology, to understand the Scriptures fully, and to walk away and say, Oh, absolutely, Jesus is alive. Don't you know? And yet that's not what we encounter in chapter 20 of John. It begins with a woman, Mary, of, Mary Magdalene. A woman whom Jesus had cast out seven demons, and she was so grateful that she, along with other women, followed him in his ministry in Galilee, and she went to Jerusalem at the Passover, and she was so dedicated, she was so loyal, so in love, so grateful for what he had done, that she was there at the cross when he died. And on that first Easter morning, before the sun's even up, she's there at the tomb with some other women because she wants to to finish the preparation for his burial. She looks inside. And she sees the tomb is empty. Well, where does she go? She races to talk to the disciples, to to wake them up and to tell them. And and of course, you know that in in Jewish culture of the day, a, a woman was not a valid witness, not even allowed to testify in court or to religious things. And yet she was the first one, the most unlikely. She's the one. And as she goes, 
She is a woman that's very fragile. The anchor of her life, Jesus, is gone. Even this body that, that she went to prepare is gone. She is in, in desperate, desperate need of something to hold on to. That's Mary. Of course, she goes and the scripture says Peter and John, they're in a race to see what happened. And, and John, probably because he's younger, <clears throat> He reaches the tomb first. He looks inside and, and he sees that it's empty, but he doesn't go inside. And then Peter catches up and impetuous Peter, impulsive, he goes right inside. And he sees the grave cloth lying there on the preparation table. And he sees the, the, the cloth that covered Jesus' face rolled up laying right there. And then he calls John in and John looks and, and the scripture says that Peter raced out and John believed. But then there's an addendum. He says he believed even though he didn't fully understand that the Scripture said that that Jesus had to die and rise from the dead. Peter, who had failed miserably, the last account of Peter, he's, he's denying Jesus. Peter, oh, he needs a new beginning. He needs a a new start in life as he leaves. John, he he needs answers, but that's okay. He doesn't have to have all the answers to believe. He just believes. Mary comes back and she's weeping. She's grieving. And she looks inside and she encounters two angels that ask her why she's crying. What do you mean why is she crying? In another gospel, it says, Why do you look for the dead among the living? The angel tells her. And then she turns and she encounters a man that she thinks is the gardener there at the tomb. And says, They've taken my Lord and I don't know what they've done with him. And then she hears his voice and Jesus calls out, Mary. And what does she do? Remember, she's the one that needs something to hold on to. She reaches out and she grabs onto him and she's never going to let him go. And yet Jesus says, Mary, our relationship is going to change. I know you need something to hold on to and I know you don't want to let me go, but I have something better for you. You see, I'm going to leave, but then you're going to be filled and I'm going to be in you. My spirit will live with you forever. Now go and tell the others and and so off she runs to tell the others, the disciples, and they're, they're scared. They're behind locked doors. They're afraid that what happened to Jesus is going to happen to them. They're struggling. They're wavering in their faith. They desperately, they desperately need to be, to be renewed. Their faith needs to be renewed. Well, Jesus comes in a, and appears to them, and at that appearance, even then, they're, they're, they're doubtful. And in that renewal, they desperately need peace of mind and hope. And what does Jesus give them? As He comes and He enters the room to present Himself and to show Himself to them with the wounds of the crucifixion, He says, peace be with you. Their hope is renewed. And a week later, of course, we know about Thomas, and Thomas comes. And Thomas hears the testimony of Mary. I've seen him. He's alive. 
And Thomas hears the testimony of the other disciples. We have seen him. He's alive. And he says, you know what? Unless I'm able to see him and see his resurrection, see the wounds in his hand and his side and and touch them, I'm not going to believe. He was desperately in need of faith to believe. What an unlikely group of people to recount the story of Christ's resurrection. And yet I believe the reason God prompted John to write in the way he did, to talk with such honesty about faith and doubt, was because he knew you'd be here today. That's right. He knew that there would be people here like Mary of Magdalene that, that they desperately needed something to hold on to, something to fill their lives, give them purpose. He knew... Like Peter, there would be people here this morning that, that need a, a fresh start, a new beginning because their lives have been filled with failure, brokenness. He knew that. He knew there'd be people here that, that want to believe, but they don't have all the answers yet like John, but that's okay. You can believe anyway. God will supply the answers in time. He knew like the disciples, there would be those who were in desperate need, what? Of peace and hope. Because they have a wavering faith and, and Jesus says, peace, peace I give you. It's true, I'm alive. And I want to fill your life. And then he knew that there'd be skeptics. And I'm sure that this morning there are skeptics among us. There are times I'm Skeptical things. And yet, Jesus comes and presents himself the physical evidence for the resurrection that Thomas can touch and see and feel so that he could have faith to believe. And for the skeptics, his testimony is, is for you. So that wherever you are this morning, John calls us to the story to identify with, with one of his witnesses. Because John writes these things, he says at the end of chapter 20, that you may believe. Wherever you are in that journey from the tomb, Jesus wants to meet you there and give you what you need. He is our risen Savior. The tomb was emptied that our lives may be filled. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.